You're listening to the Couch Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Billingsley, firefighter, engineer here at Couch Fire. And I'm sitting here with Dan Becker. Dan, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, you have a lot of different hats to wear, and I think it would be easier if you introduced yourself instead of me trying to go through all of them because you have a better memory than I do. Well, that's to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my name is Dan Becker. I am a corporal with the Indiana State Police. I'm also the assistant fire chief of the Wheatfield Volunteer Fire Department. Uh, My wife and I have a coffee roasting business called Coffin Coffee Company uh, that we started about two years ago. April 1st is two years. I am a certified auctioneer in the state of Indiana, which is how I met Kevin. He was coming to my auctions when I was having my auction business going. I'm a member of the Indiana Patriot Guard. You served in the military, correct? Uh, yes, I was with the United States Army from 87 to 90. I was active and until 94 in the uh, National Guard. Now, I'm going to talk with you in a second about your coffee because I'm absolutely addicted to it, but how long have you served on Wheatfield's Fire Department? Well, I'm really bad with dates on when I did things and stuff, so I'm thinking 13 years. Okay. Currently, you're serving as the assistant chief. Did you have any other roles on the department? Yes, I was the um, Station 3 lieutenant, and then I was the assistant chief, and then I became the chief. I was the chief for eight years, and then finally got somebody to step up and take that spot back from me, and I went back to assistant chief. How many stations does Wheatfield have? I have four stations. Station 1 is in downtown Wheatfield. Station 2 is over in Kersey by the elevator. Station 3 is at 900 North and State Road 49. And Station 4 is over in Teft, uh, near the cemetery over there. Kankakee Township Cemetery and Park. And we have 30 members. I think it's 14 trucks. You've been on Wheatfield for approximately 13 years. What stations did you serve at? My primary station right now is Station 3. Station 3. Which is the southern uh, station. Um, But when I originally got on, we only had the... Station 1 and Station 2. In 2009, they built Station 3, and then I started working out of that station. Now, you do a lot of work with uh, Mission 1, correct? Yes. And do you, is there any other organizations that... Um, there's a group out of Texas. Um, that's their primary headquarters. It's called Regroup Foundation. And what it is is it's an organization that... It's a big farm. They have all kinds of different job things that they do down there, whether it be um, carpentry work or welding or this or that. And they basically take veterans off the street, move them in there. They live there. They work on this farm. They do things. They get job training. They get job placement. Their main one is down in Texas. And there's a couple other throughout the country, but I'm not sure where they're at just because Doc Rios and I were in the service together, and he's the one that's running the one in Texas. There's another organization up here in northwest Indiana that we're trying to get rolling out straight. It's called uh, Veteran Veteran Reactionary Force. Uh, Brian Jones is trying to get that moving. And basically what he wants to do is when the police get a call of a veteran threatening suicide or doing this or doing that, he wants to get a team going there to talk the veteran down and get the veteran in a placement to where they, you know, get help from there. Um, He's done a couple with Hammond 
with Griffith Police Department, but we need to get things better organized and get it rolling. And we're still he's still working on doing all that. It's a very fledging new organization. Now, there's a, a number that some people may not understand, but they see, and that's the number 22. You mind telling everybody what, what that significance of that number is? An average of 22 veterans a day kill themselves. It's actually, that number is actually starting to go down, which is a good thing, but we'd like to get that down to zero. And that's what's important about all the groups that you help that are helping the veterans is to be able to bring that normalcy or have that face or that voice of reason of someone who understands what's going on. And I think it's amazing. You've done a lot of work. I mean, even back years ago when we had, I had actually met you going to the, the auctions you used to hold, even then you were helping people. And how long were you running your auctioneer business? I ran an auction house for five years. Well, that's what brings me into your coffee roasting, something that I really enjoy. And uh, the blueberry is my favorite, just putting it out there. Um, I like the blueberry. Um, my daughter seems to like the banana nut the most, but hey, it is what it is. How did that all come about? Well, there's kind of a 20-year background to that. Okay. Actually, probably even 30-year background. The guy I was in the service with, my old squad leader, Clint Myers, calls me up one day and says, hey, we're having this uh, reenactment. It's an 1800 fur traders reenactment. We'd like you to come. Um, I had to work. So my wife went over there. So I met them the following night. Matt Brown and his camp name, everybody has a camp name. His name's uh, Lumbering Bear because he just lays around and just, you know, big long beard and Looks like a big bear. So we called him Lumbering Bear. He was doing a demonstration of how they used to roast the coffee over the open fire in an iron skillet. And he'd get it roasted. And then he would, we smashed it between two rocks and then dumped the the coffee grounds in a, uh, in a thing of boiling water. And you'd let it, you know, soaked for a little while and then you put cold water over the top of it and everything all the sediment would sink down to the bottom and you could drink your coffee that way obviously i'm a police officer i drink a lot of coffee come back to indiana i go into the gas station and i get a cup of coffee and i'm like what is this couldn't drink it let's go here go there i start looking for coffee so i call matt up you need to teach me how to make coffee. Let me warn you, though, if you roast coffee in an iron skillet in the kitchen, it's very smoky, and the beans dry, so they expand, and there's a skin on them called chaff that pops off and floats all over the kitchen. It makes a huge mess. Sounds like you've uh, experienced this maybe twice (laughs) or three times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I started roasting outside in in the office trailer that I had for the auction business. I started roasting in there. And I was bringing it to work. My wife was bringing it to work. And people were like, man, this coffee's good. Roast me some. So I was like, okay. So I'd roast coffee for this guy and that guy and sell some here and sell some there and 
I got online and figured out, you know, what the pricing is that they're, you know. So we were doing this. We were using Ziploc bags and just weighing it out and, you know, here. There's 12 ounces of coffee for you. So then I bought a industrial grinder so that I can grind, you know, the coffee however they wanted it. And then I was online looking into some more coffee stuff. And I found an article about a guy that was roasting coffee in his garage and selling it to his neighbors and selling it here and selling it there. I don't know exactly how big he was, but he was, there's something called the cottage law. So if I make a pie, I can sell it at the flea market or at the church for a fundraiser or whatever. I could do the same thing with coffee. But there's only so much coffee that you can sell under the cottage laws, and then you have to be FDA certified. I got a hold of the FDA, and I said, look, this is what I want to do. And they said, well, you need to do this and this and this. And so we built, well, we took one of our barns. Uh, it's a cinder block, all cinder block barn with concrete floors, one car garage, basically. And I redid the whole inside of it put in the electrical outlets that they said that I had to have. I put in the LED lighting that they said I had to have. I put in the vents that they said I had to have. Got everything all done. Went out, bought the stainless steel tables, this, that, and the other. And started roasting in there. So now I'm an official FDA certified company. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is great. So I kind of put it out on my military websites, you know, on the Facebook group things that, you know, I was starting a coffee business, and of course, military guys stick with military guys. And, oh, let me help you out, let me support you, let me support you. So, December 24th, no, I'm sorry, December 22nd, I get an order from my old roommate who is in Columbus, Ohio, or no, in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's got a very large construction company out there. He says, I need 25 pounds of coffee. In my office, December 24th. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I got a one-pound roaster. It takes 30 minutes to do a pound. So I I had, luckily, I had the coffee on, the green coffee on hand. And I roasted and roasted and roasted and went to work and went back and roasted and roasted and were roasted. And we actually got it on the 23rd. We went up to FedEx, and FedEx did overnight to him, and he got it. So that was my first big order. And then I started talking to my wife about, you know, if we're going to do this, maybe we should look into getting a new roaster. So we bought a um, an industrial roaster. It does. Uh, it's a 2K roaster, so it's 4.4 pounds. I can do it in about 20 minutes. Now, you roast per order, right? Yes. And what's the reasoning by that for that? Well, I want to keep it fresh. Um, the industry standard for a bag of coffee is two years. So if I roast a bag of coffee and I put it in the store, I can throw it on the store shelf and let it sit there for two years and then go back and scoop it out, and, and it's still considered fresh roasted coffee. And we have a couple of stores that we... Um, sell our stuff at and it's three months on the shelf and we're pulling it when somebody buys coffee from us and they buy it online I want it to be the freshest coffee I can get to them 
So we try to try to roast it and bag it, you know, as close to their order date as we can. Now, there's something I see on these bags, and I see a, a lot on different ones. What is that little hole that's on the, the bag for? So when you fresh roast coffee, I don't know if you remember when you'd open a bag, a can of coffee, and you open it up, and then... Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, coffee off-gasses. Once you roast the coffee, it off-gasses, and so if you didn't have that little bag, that little valve on there, and we have the little two-ounce sampler, so they're a little, it's a little two-ounce bag of coffee. It doesn't have a valve on it. And if I don't let them beans sit out long enough before I grind them and put them in them bags, they will explode. For my daughter's wedding, she used those little two-ounces as like party favors. We put it at each table. Well, she had a couple of people added to the wedding, and we were just getting, she got married in Fort Wayne, so we're getting ready to leave. She's like, oh, I need five more. So we went out there and did them, roasted them, ground them, and sealed them all in the same day. Yeah. Two of them burst. Oh, boy. (laughs) At the table during the reception. (laughs) (laughs) That'll wake you up. Yeah, it was like a party favor, you know. Popped a little. (laughs) You do the majority of the roasting, correct? Yes. And your wife? Does everything else. Basically, what happened was, is I started roasting coffee. Somebody had asked me for some flavored coffee. So I started looking into that. And I learned how to flavor coffee and started making flavored coffees. And then I taught my wife, and then she tweaked it here and there and made it even better than when I was doing it. And so she does all the flavoring. She does most of the grinding and the packaging. And then somebody asked us about Keurig machines and if our coffee, if we had the K-cups. And Diana goes, well, you know, it is coffin coffee, and they cremate people and put them in urns, so... Let's call them urns. So if you ever hear the word urn, it's a small, single-serve coffee cup. And it was Diana's idea to call it Coffin Coffee Company also. Well, that's where I was going next. It's a kind of a cool little story. Well, Diana and I like to do um, motorcycle activities, rides, fundraisers, things like that. I got online and I found a coffin trailer in Fort Wayne. And we went and bought this coffin trailer, and then we had it painted to match the motorcycle. And if you look on our website, it's on there, the trike and the and the trailer. And we start, I started hauling that around. And everybody's like, oh, here comes Coffin Man. So then it was just a fun thing, you know. And the website's coffincoffeecompany.com, right? Yes. And you can order from there, right? Yes. You can order from there, and if you're local, you know, within so many miles of this area... We can deliver it right to your house, and we'll deliver it in the hearse. That's right. You that heard my him. wife drives around on a regular basis. In a hearse. I've had the hearse pull up in my driveway quite a few times, and it turns heads, but it's pretty neat. It's really cool. Now, you're roasting in Rensselaer, correct? Yes. So you've got all these different flavors. You've been roasting, well, over a few years now. Is there anything else that your your coffee might be a part of? Well, we have a joint venture going with the Chesterton Brewery. They um, wanted to make a coffee stout. So Vern got a hold of me and said, hey, I want to make a coffee stout. We'll do a limited run on it and see how it works out. And, you know, maybe it's something we can look at to look at in the future. So he asked me for a bag of coffee. I took him up a bag of coffee and he made some coffee out of one of our brands of coffee, which is Wake the Dead. 
is the coffee. And it's just got a little bit extra kick to it. So he decided to use that coffee and he made this coffee stout. And on my birthday, he puts a beer down in front of me and he says, try this one. So I sip it and I was like, man, that's really good. It was a coffee stout. And he goes, yeah, it's that one up on the menu. And I turned around and looked and it said, Ranger Dan Wakes the Dead. Ranger Dan is my Facebook handle. So, I mean, he named the beer after me and it just, it was an honor. But it went over really big, and they kept it on their menu. Well, then they decided they were going to can it. And the cans were released last week. They come in a 16-ounce four-pack. They're really good. And they got a paratrooper on it that's got a keg of beer in his hand. And there's skeletons coming out of the ground. And he's tapping the keg for the and giving, uh, filling the beer mugs of the skeletons that are coming out of the ground, and it says Ranger Dan Wakes the Dead, and it's really cool. It's got our logo on it, and it's got Chesterton Brewery's logo on it. My wife and I go to Chesterton Brewery every Wednesday at 6 o'clock, and then all my friends say, well, I didn't get an invitation. Well, guess what? You just did. Literally. On the podcast. I don't know who you are. <laughs> 6 o'clock, Wednesday night, you go up there. Have a Ranger Dan wakes at that with Ranger Dan. Right. <laughs> he can't <Exactly>. beat it. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> you had mentioned that the coffee beans were green. Where do you get your beans? It's not like you're just walking to the, cor- the corner store here and, and grabbing a bunch of them, right? Right. Actually, the beans that I have now, I get from, it's called Legacy Farms. You can look at it online. Um, and he also has, it's lfmissions.org. They, that is the fundraiser group that they have. Um, he's been down there. I don't know how many years he's been down there, but they, he's hired people to work his farm. Um, he pays them better. Um, but he also teaches classes. There's one lady that wanted to learn how to sew. So he bought her a sewing machine and she takes the coffee bean or the coffee bags, the burlap bags. She makes purses out of them and these really cool aprons and uh, little change wallets. And she makes a lot of cool stuff out of those. There was another guy that wanted to be a barber. So Ashley had a men's shaving kit, you know, with the hair clippers and the razor in it and gave it to him. And he goes downtown and, and sets up a chair and cuts hair and started his own business that way he helps them he helped another lady start her own small farm and of course the big expense of starting a farm is shipping the beans to the united states well ashley has a cargo ship going with a large shipment of beans and he helps her get her beans and you can buy you know they're a specialty bean from this other small farm down there so he helps her with that and you know the shipment he just puts it in with his and and helps her out they went to the market one day and they found out that they were paying like two dollars an egg and so ashley's son was like well dad why don't we just show them how to raise chickens and they can get eggs for cheaper so now they've done that and they've brought in some chickens and and they're teaching how to raise chickens and how to crack the eggs and um, the mission that they're working on right now, um, they, they have been going around putting in the stovepipes. And that is getting a lot of the chest congestion and the chest problems and breathing problems. is starting to clear up in that area now. 
but they are working on building a church, clinic, and a library. They want to put these three things together, and so they're working on raising the money to do that. So, I mean, we actually pay a little bit more. I can get green coffee beans cheaper than I get them from Ashley, but that's not the point because I know he's using the leftover monies to overpay his people. He's overpaying the people that work for him compared to what they normally get paid. Instead of going with a um, machine that separates the beans into the different categories, you know, these are cracked beans, so they're not as good. Or this is a, there's a bean called a pea berry, which is a little, the bean is a little small one. So they hand sort these. They lay them all out and they literally go through and sort these beans out, pick out the bad stuff and this and that. Well, there's a machine that does that. Probably half the time and a quarter of the labor. Ashley won't buy one because he wants these ladies that are out picking the beans in the fields. In the fall, they come in and they sort beans. So I really support him because of all the things that he's doing to help other people. So, yeah, I mean, where you're getting your coffee bean at is actually making a difference in an area. So it's worth supporting that. Yes. That's why I support him so much. And that's, but his mission, his fundraising is lfmissions.org. And if you order anything on, Amazon, I don't do a lot of Amazon stuff, but he's got something with Amazon where if you put LF Missions in somewhere, a certain percentage. Amazon Smile, I think that's what That's it. Amazon, Amazon Smile. Smile. And they do the LF Missions, they get a certain amount of money to help with that. So, How many times have you been hit by lightning? Well, we're thinking seven or eight, but we're not really sure. Because we just kind of lost count. <laughs> I'm not going to stand next to you next time I'm in a storm somewhere. We had a storm in Cedar Lake when I was a Cedar Lake police officer. And I was coming around the north end of the lake. There's a little bar called Hunley's. And there was a tree went down and it ripped the wire down. Well, it came down and it went right into the street. So I parked my squad car so that... You know, they couldn't get around the side that had the wire down. They would have to move over toward the other lane or, you know, off the road a little bit to go around. This car comes up, and they're going the wrong way. They're moving over into I'm like, what are you doing? Can't you tell it's quite obvious to go that way instead of this way? So I get out of the car, and I had my flashlight. It was dark. And I was directing them around, and it's just raining like crazy. And the next thing I know, there's a guy over the top of me going, you okay? You okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I was all, I mean, I literally felt like I went to the gym for 24 hours straight and just worked out. And this is like three days after it happened. You know how you get those really bad cramps from working out and everything hurts? Uh-huh. And, Got all checked out. That was the first one. And then I got on the state police, and I was working a crash at the six, seven-mile marker on the toll road, and it was raining like crazy, and we put, they put the cot in the, that guy was in the ambulance, 
And I got in the ambulance to get some information from him about the crash. And I got out, and as I shut the door for the ambulance, lightning hit, and down I went. We were at um, down there in Cass County, that campground. And my mom and dad had a camper set up there. And it just started pouring down rain. And there was literally water running underneath the campground. It looked like a river and just mud and dirt. My wallet was sitting on the picnic table. So I, trying not to step in this running water mud, I stepped across to the picnic table, got my wallet, picked it up, put it in my pocket, turned back around, stretched out to the camper, and the lightning hit. And it threw me down in the mud and the muck and the dirt. And yeah, I laid there for a little bit. My wife came out and helped me back in the camper. And so that was the very first one. And the second one was the Cedar Lake. Third was on the toll road. I'm not ever <laughs> going to stand next to you if it's raining outside. But yeah, it, you know, that was the big joke for a long time. Every time there was something about electricity or lightning, they would send it to me. Well, Ranger Dan, I appreciate you sitting down, talking with me today, being on the podcast, introducing yourself to some of the community members, not just in Wheatfield, but throughout the state of Indiana. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show. It was an enjoyable time. Always good to see you, Kevin. Well, it's always good to see you too, man. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.